Hello and welcome to the Voice of Manhattan Business. I'm your host, Andre Archambault. On this weekly show, we explore the issues and challenges facing businesses in Manhattan. We cover everything here from taxes to land use to loads of tips and tricks to help grow your business, your practice, or your life. First off, a little information about me and then we'll get right to my guest. Uh, I've been working in the media business for over 20 years. I've also been a Manhattanite for 20 years this year and I've been around the city my whole life. I work for a company called Reach Local, which is a digital ad agency for local business. Uh, and I also host a mostly weekly show dedicated to the greatest music ever made called New York Standard, where you'll hear songs from the jazz world, Broadway, cabaret, and of course, standards. But enough about me. Let me introduce you to today's guest. Claire Rosenzweig is the president and CEO of the Better Business Bureau of Metropolitan New York. Claire, welcome to the show. Tell us, what's the latest with the Better Business Bureau? Hi, how are you? And thank you so much for inviting us to be on your show today. Um, the Better Business Bureau, we are here to help consumers find businesses and charities they can trust. It's as simple as that. And we've been doing that uh, for over 100 years as a system and uh, since 1923 here in, in the Metro New York area. Wow. And so, I mean, I, I have to know that... Um uh, uh, now, you and I met probably six or seven years ago just through networking. Um, I would imagine just in the last six or seven years, this world has changed considerably. Uh, I'm not sure. How, how long have you been at the Better Business Bureau, Claire? I've been here since uh, 2007, later okay. 2007, so just okay. a few, just long enough to get my feet wet <laughs> considering the age of the organization. Yeah, fair um, enough, sure. Yeah, but it's been a very wonderful uh, experience, uh, sure. you know, because, again, when we are looking at what the Better Business Bureau does, uh, we're really not advocates for consumers. We're not advocates for businesses, but really what we're doing is protecting the marketplace. So it's a place where buyers and sellers can trust each other because, frankly, without trust, you know, you can build trust or you can lose it. And we would like businesses to build it. And the same with charities, which a lot of folks don't realize we uh, review charities as well. Uh, we want donors to be able to trust the charities that they uh, consider donating to. What are the guardrails uh, for the, the charitable side? I mean, what, you know. Uh, how does that work? I came out of the nonprofit space, I, and when I say came out of, uh, my my uh, my family uh, are professional developers, <laughs> if you will. So uh, you know, in that space, what are what uh, what are the things that you guys look for or look at? Sure, uh, a lot of folks don't realize that the Better Business Bureau has been looking at charities since I guess the '30s. Uh, businesses would come to us and say, what do you know about this charity? So over the years, these standards, because again, Better Business Bureau is a standards-based organization, these standards for charity accountability were developed. And the most recent version of them uh, were released in, I guess, around 2003, 2004, somewhere in there. And really what they do is they look at four different areas. They look at governance, they look at measuring effectiveness, finances, fundraising, and informational materials. And we also um, make sure that they're addressing complaints when, when we can. So, and why do we do that? You know, because a lot of times with charities, you hear about, oh, you know, they're spending a certain proportion on programs versus admin. There was something that we put out together, the Better Business Bureau system put out with GuideStar and with uh, Charity Navigator a couple of years ago called the overhead myth. And what we always say is not to look at any one formula to see if a charity is um, one that you want to donate to. It really doesn't talk about the overall impact of the organization. We think that by looking at these four different areas, it gives you a broader picture of how the charity is doing against our standards. And all we're doing in our reports, our charity reports, is letting the public know either this charity meets or does not meet these standards. And we feel they're important, and we're sharing this with you. Uh, okay. So if people were looking for that kind of information, they would be able to find that uh, org. I'm guessing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They could find it at uh, over 11,000 charity reports. Here in the metro New York area, we have about 800 charity okay. reports. 
and either on uh, bbb.org or if the local is New York, you know, spelled out, N-E-W-Y-O-R-K dot B-B-B dot O-R-G, they can mm. find the charities. Or they can go for national charities to give dot O-R-G or oh, N-Y dot give dot O-R-G. Uh, and that's okay. for the charity information. Right. Sure, of course. And and so obviously that makes up uh, a portion of your business. The other uh, the thing when I, when I think about uh, the Better Business Bureau. I always think of um, sort of the review slash complaint uh, mm-hmm. department. Uh, that's still obviously, a, I am assuming that's still a big piece of, of what you guys do and what you're known for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as far as the being a standards-based organization, uh, the standards that we have, there are actually eight of them, and one of them is Be Responsive. And to be responsive to your customer is critical, in our opinion. So complaints is certainly one way that, um, you know, that symbolizes that transaction between a consumer and a business. It's something that can happen uh, when you have uh, an engagement with a business. And what we say is complaints can happen. But what our reports show is how the business has responded to the complaint, or even if they responded. And, you know, so between the eight standards for the businesses and their build trust, advertise honestly, tell the truth, be transparent, honor promises, be responsive, safeguard privacy, embody integrity, between those and the charity standards, we have some pretty good avenues down which either a business for the business side or a charity for the charities can go to stay on that. Um, kind of the the straight and narrow, because these are uh, these standards are are basically principles that sure. summarize important elements of creating and maintaining trust in business. Uh, you know, to be to have integrity, honesty, fairness. Now, here's a, a question I don't know that I've ever asked or, or gotten an answer to. If I ever did ask it, um, uh, obviously. I, at least in my mind, I always think of, of the Better Business Bureau being a sort of a consumer-facing entity, meaning that um, uh, consumers who have uh, issues with uh, a, a business would uh, would go to them. Do do you feel much uh, in the way of, of businesses um, filing issues uh, with other businesses? Is it more B two B or B two C in your world? The majority come from uh, consumers, okay. but again, businesses can be consumers. So we do have B2B. Uh, you know, if there was a non, say a business ordered something from another business and there was non-delivery or a billing issue. So a, a number of these uh, complaints and our complaint acceptance policy um, pretty much deals with that marketplace transaction. Uh, you know, we're here in New York. We don't deal with landlord issues. We don't deal with employer labor issues because uh, there are other agencies that do that. Sure. But um, so yes, it can include B two B. It can include B two C. Okay. Yeah, I did. I don't know why that had never occurred to me, but uh, it seemed like an interesting uh, sort of question to ask. So let me ask you this. I mean, in this, you you've mentioned. Uh, um, you know, the idea of it starts with trust uh, in this day and age where there is so much information about, you know, whether it's uh, whether it's Google reviews or Yelp uh, or any of the other review sites that are out there. Um, uh, you know, where do, where does the Better Business Bureau fit into that, um, uh, you know, in 2017 and, and moving forward? Well, whether it was in 23 or, or now, you know, in 2020 uh, or, sure. you know, our current year or, or looking far into the future, you know, if, you know, trust is uh, the result of unwavering commitment to ethical business practices. So, you know, if you don't have trust in our free enterprise uh, culture, you don't have anything. Uh, we all know how quickly it, trust can be lost. I mean, we see it in the headlines every day. Uh, but sure. it's tough. It, it takes a lot of work to build. So where do we fall in this, um, you know, world of, of review sites and, and everything else? BBB is unique in a couple of ways. Um, number one, you know, we are 
not-for-profit, trade association or business association, we are neutral. Uh, we deal with um, complaints that come in about accredited businesses, which I'll explain in a minute, or non-accredited businesses. Our concern is helping consumers and businesses work this out, work out whatever the issue is. Uh, when a complaint comes into the Better Business Bureau, and this is across the country, in fact, all across North America, um, what we do is we send it to the business, and we say to the business, here's what this consumer wants, and we go through a process with them to get to either uh, to some sort of a resolution, and we have resolution about 72% of the time, and that wow. could be an answer to uh, you know getting someone's refund back. It could be it could be a number of different things. What often what can also happen though is that the business does not respond. And sure. that's listed, all of this information, once the complaint is closed, it's listed up on the business report. So mm -hmm. another person looking can see that. We also have reviews. And mm -hmm. consumers can, because we, we always used to hear, all we hear about is complaints. What if we want to say something nice? And so mm -hmm. a few years sure. ago, we opened up reviews. And consumers can go up and say things that don't fall into the complaint category. You know, there might not be a resolution they want. They just want to make a comment, and it could be positive, negative, neutral. It could be any of those, but mm -hmm. it gives them that option of, of doing that. We verify that it's coming from a real email. We also don't allow for piling on, <laughs> you know, so yeah, if, yeah, we think that too. We don't do that. So we're different in that way. We verify what we put up on our website. Um, and there's also um, things like Scam Tracker now, which is a new tool that the BBB system released to the public uh, a little over a year ago, I think it was. And this allows consumers to report to the BBB if they think they've been victimized by a scam attempt or a scam. And it's a hot map. It shows you your neighborhood, what's going on there. You can read about what other consumers have said they have come in contact with whether it's an IRS scam, a government grant scam, any you know, or a puppy scam. You know, there's different sure. types, and people can see what is sort of creating a wave across the country, or if it's localized, and it helps them protect themselves. And that's another really uh, unique kind of a tool that the BBB has offered to the public. So I would say over the years, um, while our world has changed. The principles of trust haven't changed at all. You know, ethics, yeah. ethical behavior, um, all of those things are critical for a business if it wants to develop trust with its customer. And as we've seen in the headlines, it can be lost in no time. And it's going to be hard to build back for those that do lose it. So sure. we say, you know, start from the beginning. Uh, an, a business that is interested in the mission of the BBB, which I mentioned earlier, is to um, be leaders in advancing marketplace trust to help consumers find businesses and charities they can trust. They can apply to the Better Business Bureau to see if they meet the standards, and we test them against our standards. And mm -hmm. if they if they meet those standards, then they're invited to become an accredited business. They can put that seal up on the business report. Consumers know that they meet those standards, and they're literally tested on that every day, depending on what the consumer track record turns out to be. Have they, mm -hmm. you know, is their advertising according to the code of advertising? Right. Um, are they are they handling their business in an ethical and responsive, transparent way? Are they advertising honestly? All that goes on every day, and we keep an eye on that every day. Well, a very dynamic um, process, especially in such a in a market that's as dynamic as. Uh, the New York area, and and again, your your sort of service area for BBB uh, New York is um, you you you've said uh, basically the Hudson Valley, all of uh, the five boroughs and Long Island. Is that accurate? Yes, uh, we have an office right here in Manhattan, one in Tarrytown, and one in uh, Farmingdale, and oh. everything pretty much south of Albany is covered. There's another BBB out in Buffalo, and uh, they cover the up part of the state. And there are 106 better business bureaus all over North America. Okay. So no, almost no, no matter where uh, anyone might have an issue, they can, they can always uh, find you, <laughs> whether here in New York yeah. or elsewhere. And because we are a uh, federated system, 
we work very closely together with all of our colleagues all over uh, the country in Canada, sure. and we just started one in Mexico not too long ago. Oh, wow. Wow, that's impressive. So, so I mean, here's a uh, a question. Uh, that, you know how they say uh, attorneys should never ask a question um, that they don't know the answer to. I don't know the answer to this question uh, at all. So I'm just throwing this out there. I'm also not an attorney. Don't don't confuse me with that. But do you guys offer programs or, or other services and and um, uh, to business owners uh, that allow them to uh, to, to sort of build from maybe the day they open the doors. Uh, I mean, trust, going back to your point on trust, uh, it is so important. Uh, that can be down to the single um, interaction with a, with a single customer uh, all the way through to, you know, uh, uh, vendors and, and sort of all the way around. Do you guys offer workshops or seminars or, or anything that, that businesses can take advantage of that allow them to, to realize the uh, a way or your way of mm -hmm. building trust from the beginning? And, you know, you've, you've just made such an important point because that is what we're interested in. We're interested in businesses building trust into their culture. Um, because even from the first day of the business, the, the founder of the business, the, the, the entire company, whether it is small or whether it grows large, it's going to take its cues from the values that are built in from the beginning. Uh, sure. You know, is there integrity? Is there honesty? Is there fairness, disclosure, accountability? All of those things are so important to um, building the culture of the organization and then communicating it to certainly your customers, but also as you grow to your employees. So yes, you know, the BBB is, uh, we have our standards that we promote um, shamelessly around, the, around, the, around <laughs> sure. the country. You know, we want people to know about the standards for trust, the code of advertising, uh, you know, because BBB was built on trust in advertising. Uh, you know, sure. you don't want people not to believe what is being advertised. So this is very important from the from the get go. So we have information available at our on our website 24/7. We have um, programs that we do throughout the year, whether they're for charities or businesses. Uh, for charities, we offer. Uh, free briefings on the standards. Mm. So these are programs where we invite nonprofits to come and just, you know, he talk to us about the standards. They they learn what they would need to do because again, charities also have to apply for uh, to become uh, accredited. There's no cost involved for charities, of course, to sure. go through this process. Um, so we offer those, and those are periodically done throughout the year. Uh, for our businesses, in each of our three offices, uh, we have what we call drop-in chats where accredited businesses can come in and learn about how to uh, leverage the accreditation that they've earned. Uh, we also go around and do other programs, whether it's through organizations like the Manhattan Chamber, you know, where we might speak, or uh, we'll go out to, we were just at a bank last night doing a program on cybersecurity for um, businesses. We'll do it for nonprofits later in the week. Uh, so we're we're always out there, not always under our own umbrella. Uh, many sure. times we'll do it through others, but uh, BBB has two anchor programs. One of them is the Corporate Responsibility Forum that we do for businesses. In fact, we just finished it. It was in, in June, and it was Corporate Responsibility um, basically talking about um, navigating engagement, you know, strategies that inspire sure. action and build impact. And that was done for businesses. In February, we do a charity symposium, which is all about two of the standards on effectiveness. And we talk to charities about what does that mean to be an effective charity. And those are the two anchors, one for charities, one for businesses. But then we'll do smaller seminars throughout the year, a lot of them aimed at nonprofits on budgeting issues, uh, financial issues. But we'll also do them, as I mentioned, for businesses on uh, cybersecurity, uh, again, some budgeting. And we'll talk about our standards as well. And then we'll go beyond our own borders and offer to be speakers at other or organizational events. 
So lots of information available. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I mean, and I, and I guess maybe a, a question coming off of that is, you know, um, uh, who are you more working with? Are you, do you end up working with uh, the consumer? And, and I know that you're neutral, uh, but I'm guessing because you're consumer facing that the the your your the greatest amount of engagement you probably have is with the with the 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 consumers, correct? Actually, it's mixed because um, you know again uh, there is our Better Business Bureau, which is taking care of the the business side of things. There's also our Education and Research Foundation, which is taking care of the charity line of business. Mm. Um, and through the Better Business Bureau, yes, we get. I'm going to say, uh, I don't exactly remember the stats that, that we have on our website, but I know we get people at least 500 calls a week just right here in our New York City office, wow. uh, consumers calling us. But we are engaged with, uh, we have over seven, about 7,000 accredited businesses in the metro area, and I know my team here is on the phone with uh, businesses all the time. So mm. they have different, you know, everybody is aimed at, building trust because consumers want to trust where they're going to go to get what they want and businesses sure. of course want to build their business so it's it's kind of mixed where i think where we're um where we get the most visibility though which is a little different is through the consumer media um mm. because the media comes to us to ask our opinions on different things um one of the things that we mentioned earlier was scam tracker uh, when we see a scam that looks like it's it's peaking or, um, you know, just we get a spike in complaints and we notice mm -hmm. that, oh, we're getting a spike in complaints and scam trackers reporting, we'll do as part of our core activities here, in addition to ad review and complaints, we do investigations. And so we might find that there's something going on either with a company that started out okay but maybe didn't know how to scale and now all of a sudden there's customer complaints all over the place. And so we'll do a press release to the media and, you know, or the equivalent. And the media will want to interview us. And sometimes we get, you know, on the, the news or, you know, through different sure. social media aspects. So while we're talking to um, businesses and charities, yes, we're also talking to consumers because we want them to be savvy. We want them to investigate before they spend their money. Mm. No, of course, of course. Claire, earlier you mentioned the um, uh, the BBB standards. Uh, what, what are those really comprised of? Mm -hmm. Well, when we're talking about businesses, because uh, as we mentioned, we want businesses to sort of integrate these standards into their everyday, so they're they're known as businesses that follow ethical practices. You know, one of them is building trust, and, and what does that really mean? Uh, for us, it means establishing a positive track record in the marketplace, uh, that consumers are going to have a good experience, that the business is actually delivering what they're advertising and promising, and that they're sure. disclosing all business terms and conditions, uh, and that they're going to respond. I mean, all of those things help to build trust because, you know, we always talk about the four R's. There's the consumer, you know, business concerns should be respecting and being responsive to the consumer, and hopefully that results in reputation, good reputation, and repeat sure. business. So those are a couple of ideas there because, you know, building trust or losing it is within the power of that business. And what are the typical complaints that we get here? You mentioned we get them, and yes, we get something like 50,000 complaints just here in the Metro New York area a year. And typical complaints might involve the consumer feeling they were being mistreated, mm. that they didn't feel their complaints were being handled adequately, uh, lack of contact information is a big one, especially now with the online, uh, that there was a product or service defect, something was misrepresented, somebody mm. refuses to give a refund, the advertising was not right, or that they misused the consumer's information. Now, those, that's what consumers are telling us. But sometimes the company itself, you know, you have to ask yourself as a business owner, have I enabled my staff or if I'm, a, if I'm the staff, what have, what have I done? Do I have the authority to solve this customer's problem? Are my solutions too rigid? Did I do nothing? Did I not listen? Did I not have any sympathy? 
and mm. did I insult the consumer? Uh, all of those things are a bad witch's brew, if you will. Um, and the things that people can do, which unfortunately is underemployed, is active listening. You know, listen with respect and certainly to keep calm with an angry customer because otherwise you're just, you know, fueling the fire. Uh, express <laughs> yes. your desire to help. Understand the problem and ask questions so you understand the problem and suggest a specific solution uh, because you want them to know that their complaint matters. And so sure. reflective reasoning, um, you know, making sure that you're offering, if you can, you know, consider a goodwill gesture and mainly treat the consumer as if they're important because, you know, they are. And uh, so those are just a few of the things that people can do to help build trust. Um, advertising, honestly, is another one. And here the complaints that we get is when things aren't disclosed properly. Uh, your, the return policy is not clear when somebody purchases something, uh, the shipping or the restocking, the handling fees, all of those fees that we all, you know, are wary of, uh, details of guarantees or offers. And then the privacy and security, your identity, all of those things should be out there for the consumer to see. Give them that information. Why are we holding it back? Uh, some of the times, like uh, these scams that we were talking about, those are some red flags. When the contact information is hidden, you can never get hold of them. They say things, you know, like, oh, yes, your product's going to be in the mail, and you'll get it in three days. And, of course, they they never do. So <laughs> you don't, <laughs> you know, you don't want to sure. be associated with things like that if you're a good business. And, um, you know, telling the truth, that's pretty obvious. But sure. there... Um, one of the areas that you have to watch out for is kind of telling half-truths, you know, like uh, if the whole opt-in, opt-out uh, area. Are you telling people enough? Are you are you being clear? You don't want to be misleading in images, words, you know. Omitting something is, is just as bad. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're representing everything honestly. And, of course, being transparent. Um, this has to do with things like supply chain, you know, being tra hyper transparent, you know, sure. where things are coming from, your data privacy and protection. You have to let people know what you're doing. Uh, you have to be sure that you're um, being licensed or registered if required and letting people know that. I just dealt with this with somebody the other day where a license was supposed to be visible in advertising, and it wasn't. This was a company that wanted to become accredited. We just helped them understand what they needed to do. They did it, and, uh, you know, they're the better for it. Sure. And then, of course, honoring promises. Um, if you're going to make an offer <laughs> or if you're going to put some kind of a written agreement in place, verbal agreement in place, honor it. Uh, and this has to do with avoiding bait and switch, uh, sure. you know, where you offer something and they come in and it's, nowhere to be found or you'll give them something later. Pricing mistakes, inventory. And this is the big one I mentioned earlier about being responsive. If if there is a problem, uh, addressing any of these disputes quickly and professionally and in good faith uh, with all of the things I mentioned earlier about how you do that. Um, you know, and if, if sometimes you just can't come, even here, you know, when people come to us with a complaint, it's, you don't always get to a resolution that everybody's happy with. Sure. Sometimes the business is, is okay, sometimes the consumers, and sometimes, frankly, you can't come to an agreement. Sure. And what we offer, um, if, if we feel that this could be helped by further arbitration, we will offer that um, oh, wow. to people. So wow. it can go up to, from conciliation, mediation, all the way to arbitration. And, of course, privacy, safeguarding privacy is another one of our standards, and that's pretty clear, too. You have to protect your customer's data. Um, if you don't need it for what you're doing, don't collect it. And if you yeah. do collect it, make sure you protect it. Uh, and there's a great resource, again, at the BBB.org website called Five Steps to Better Business Cybersecurity. And I would mm. urge your listeners to go look at that. Uh, and then the Embody Integrity uh, really deals with, um, you know, approaching your business dealings and marketplace transactions with integrity. You know, perception and practice matter, uh, whether it's your clients, sure. your investors, your employees. They all care about what you do, 
and sending them a clear message that you have ethical business practices as part of the work that you do will help you be a more attractive business. Um, this is not a nice to have anymore. This is a must have. You know, millennials sure. and and the um, younger generation they want to work for companies that are showing that they're responsible. Sure. In, uh, you know, to the environment, to people, uh, sure. you know, as well as, as yeah, many sure. other ways, and to their customers. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 striking to me, and you know, I don't, I, I've certainly never worked for an organization like the Better Business Bureau, uh, but. You know, uh, I'll liken it to, uh, you know, uh, doctors who do cancer research, right? And the idea behind that doctor doing cancer research is that she or he are going to figure out um, how to eradicate this issue, this cancer, that, you know, that malady. Uh, And to me, uh, you would think that a combination of the amount of time that the uh, Better Business Bureau has been around uh, in conjunction with the largely uh, transparent business community or business uh, atmosphere that we're in, you know, where people can really pretty quickly take to the internet and uh, and write a scathing review either on any of the review sites or uh, complain through you guys or do a review. Um, it's astounding that you you, you know. Um, it's astounding that in this time of great transparency, generally that um that the better business bureau still 100 and would you say 108 years later 100 years yeah yeah it's is still it's still needed um but it's uh it's great that you are and it's great that you uh, offer the range of programs that you do for businesses for consumers uh and i'm particularly impressed by the uh, the arbitration uh, capability i i had no idea that that existed yeah you know, the, whether it was, um, you know, you, you mentioned today's culture, and you're right. I mean, there's this, everything is fast, everything yeah. is transparent, everything is right away, and there's this sense of, let's do it, and <laughs> if we have to, we'll ask questions later. And unfortunately, when you're running a business, um, you know, there are things that you need to do in order to be sure the business is sustainable. And one of those, you know, you, you have to draw it back to uh, ethical sure. leadership and tone at the top, because sure. as we've seen, if there's a if there's a skirting of those ethical behaviors, it'll integrate into the culture of the organization. And unfortunately, uh, you know, we've learned many many lessons, right? We that that systems do fail, sure. uh, that people do feel entitled, that we do have a culture of greed sometimes, and uh, what businesses can do, uh, you know, to combat that is to listen, you know, again, depending on the size of your business, of course, but to reinforce culture and values that are going to sustain the business and creating those pla- those listening posts, if you will, a place where you can actually hear what people are thinking, <clears throat> whether it's consumers or whether it's your employees. And, you know, tell your story, your good story, you know, make sure, sure you're getting that out. So there there are things, even in our um, fast-moving, fast-paced world where everybody likes things yesterday, uh, there are certain <laughs> things that we still want, and we still want, I, 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 no matter, I don't care if you pick out one generation or another, everybody needs trust in order to have that business take place. And the mechanisms might change. You know, we might have people doing it in, uh, you know, hyper-fast ways on mobile devices and whatever the future is going to bring. But if you can't trust who you're doing business with, that's a problem, and we see it sure. all around us. Sure. So the question I I ask the businesses that are listening here and the consumers are, what are you going to do about it? And what are you going to do to be that customer that is urging the businesses you deal with to be trustworthy? How are you protecting yourself? And I would say to the businesses, what are you doing to run an ethical shop, You know, to run a, a place where um, an ethical – Ethical business practices become part of your DNA. That's the challenge, and that's what we continue to uh, work at. Well, terrific. I I, um, I did not know. I I love coming into uh, uh, interviews like this where you think you know something about the the Better Business Bureau or this store or that uh, business, but you learn so much more. And this was 
this was definitely one of those instances, that's for sure. Welcome. Well, Claire Rosenzweig, thank you so much for joining us uh, today on The Voice of Manhattan Business. Well, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate being asked to be on the show. That was Claire Rosenzweig, the president and CEO of the Better Business Bureau of Metropolitan New York. She wanted to remind us all about the, uh, the links that you can find to get to the Better Business Bureau. Uh, bbb.org slash new-york-city. You can also visit their scam tracker that allows you to see uh, uh, reported scams in your neighborhood. It's really, really cool. Uh, bbb.org slash scam tracker slash new-york-city. And you can also visit the giving the BBB Wise Giving Alliance at uh, G-I-V-E dot O-R-G. That's give.org. Also, thanks so much to you for listening. My name is Andre Archambault. This has been the Voice of Manhattan Business. Have a great week.